So they put a curse on the play. The play first, uh, the play's first performance in 1606 was riddled with disaster. The actor playing Lady Macbeth suddenly died, so Shakespeare himself had to take on the part. No, it's probably uh, important to remember back a day, ladies couldn't be in the actors. No, no, no. Um, So probably not that shocking that the guy wrote it. But it is shocking to hear that now. Sure. Because we generally accept that women can... can can do all the same jobs apart from being a penis model as women. Men. <laughs> I love how that's the first job you thought of that a woman can do. That is the only thing that a man can do that a woman can't do. And, you know, I don't see that that should be a barrier for if any woman wanted to go into that. <laughs> so I'm doing some signing behind the scenes here. You can't see train stop Sean from talking. <laughs> Look, Sarah, if you want to be a penis model, I'm going to support you in that career path. So I have to remind you again that my mum listens to this podcast. Your mum will also support you. It's what you want to do. For the record, I don't want to see that. (laughs) Okay, penis modelling aside. Um, So, another story is that a real dagger was used in place of a stage prop for the murder of King Duncan and it resulted in the death of an actor. Oh my god, it sounds like Midsummer Murders. It does sound very Midsummer murder doesn't it? It really does. I swear <laughs> I've seen a few of them where that's happened. It's a popular story. Mm. Uh, uh, uh. Where did we get to? Oh yeah, so I found this was really interesting. In 1849, the Astral Palace riots in New York City took place. The long and short of it was there was a lot of civil unrest at the time, right. and the riots erupted due to an argument an argument about who played the best who was the best actor in rival productions of Macbeth. Oh my god, yeah, it's like I'm one of those dance, <laughs> dance films. <laughs> so was it American actor Edwin Forrest or English actor William Ooh. Charles McCready? The riots uh, resulted in twenty deaths and a hundred injuries over oh, like who played the best. It's so Macbeth. not worth it. No, I think there was other stuff going on as well. I'd assume so. 
1937, the great Laurence Olivier narrowly missed a falling stage weight while playing the part of Macbeth. Spooky. But don't worry, all is not lost, because uh, if you do say Macbeth and you need to break the curse, what you have to do is exit the theatre, spin round three times, spit, utter fuck, cunt, bollocks, or your favourite curse word, then knock on the door of the theatre to be allowed to come back in, and then you'll be all right. And I got all of that, so you know it's true, because it came from the Royal Shakespeare Company's website. Is it, though? Well, I, d- I doubt that they would tell a fib. Okay. So they're a reliable, reliable source. source. Reliable okay. source. So I got to thinking, we all use the word superstition. Hang on one minute. Blim. Doncaster. Can you just lie down for a little bit, bud? Come on. Like, you don't need to get anything from under there. Just up on your bed. You just on your Come on. podcast. Up on your bed. Sorry, Sarah. That's okay. So, I um, looked into what the word superstition actually means, um, and it's a wide, widely held but irrational belief in supernatural influences, especially as leading to good or bad luck, or a practice based on such a belief. Ooh. And I don't know how you feel about luck, but I, I do feel very strongly. I really don't like it. I them. thought you were going to ask me whether I felt lucky then, punk. <laughs> do you feel lucky? <laughs> no, I just feel very strongly. I don't like it when people say that they're unlucky. No, because you're not. I think there is good and bad luck, but you yourself, you don't own that. You are not unlucky. You don't make no. bad things happen. No, you might, um, you know, naively put yourself into situations that don't go your way. <laughs> you know, like some, you know. My husband isn't the luckiest at crossing the road. He's he's had a fair few near misses, oh and it's it's not because he's unlucky. It's because the could, roads around here are crazy, and he could probably afford to spend a little bit more time looking left and right. Mm. You know. But anyway, so I um, thought, you know, to myself, do I have any superstitions? Do you have any superstitions? Yes, I do. Excellent. Tell me about them. So I have like a total um, belief in the whole touch wood. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I also think about ladders. I would never walk under a ladder. <gasps> no. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do this if you're not okay, the sorry, show. Sorry. <laughs> but the the walking under ladders is that's not just that's just ju- that's <clears throat> that is just good health and safety. In it. So like generally at the top of ladders are people working yeah and what if you walked under a ladder and somebody dropped their tin of paint exactly yeah just it's it's not a superstition that's just good practice so i looked into hi blin the top nine um superstitions and their origins essentially amazing i found this website called live live science um and i'm gonna go through some of them for you now amazing so it's bad luck to open umbrella indoors. It is. This is thought to originate in Victorian England. So in extraordinary origins of everyday things, the scientist and author Charles Panati wrote, in the 18th century London, when metal-soaked waterproof umbrellas began to fill a common rainy day site, their stiff, clumsy spring mechanism made them veritable hazards to open indoors. A rigidly spoked umbrella opening suddenly in a small room could seriously injure an adult or a child or shatter a frangible object. Wow. Mm-hmm. Even a minor accident could provoke unpleasant words or a minor quarrel. Well, imagining these, like, beastly, mm. like, machines. 
um, are themselves traits of bad luck in a family or among friends. Thus the superstition arose as a deterrent opening an umbrella indoors. Ah. Yeah. Um, so the next one, which we've already spoken about, it, it's bad luck to walk under a leaning ladder. And just any ladder. Don't go through an A-frame either. No. Um, but actually, um, this originates 5,000 years ago in ancient Egypt. So a ladder leaning against a wall makes a triangle. Sure does. And that's a sacred shape to ancient Egyptians. Ah. Yeah, the triangle represents the trinity of the gods. And to pass through a triangle is to desecrate them. Ooh. Ooh. Well, yeah, so you don't want to anger the gods. So later, um, Christians explained the superstition um, as because a ladder had rested against the crucifix, it became a symbol of wickedness, betrayal and death. And in England, in the 1600s, criminals were forced to walk under a ladder on their way to the gallows. How fucking awful. You're already killing someone, don't be like... Don't make it worse, because clearly that was a, you know, it is a superstition in the Sure, belief, yeah. But that is awful to walk under a ladder, and then on your way to be hung... Yeah, you've already got a lot going on, and whether you committed the crime or not, you're still a human. Exactly. Um, so the next one is, a broken mirror gives you seven years bad luck. And maybe some cut fingers. I think that is quite likely, because it's glass. So in ancient Greece, people would consult mirror seers who told their fortunes by analysing their reflections. Ah. Yeah, a bit of divination. Um, the mirror was dipped into water, and a sick person, for example, was asked to look in the glass. If the image was clear, then he would live, but if the image was distorted, he was likely to die. Mm-hmm. So the next one is, um, if you spill salt, toss some over your left shoulder to avoid bad luck. Now, because I'm dyslexic, I can't always uh, remember my left and right, so I do both shoulders. Do you do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I've seen people doing that, and I've been asked to do it before, but I find it a bit... Which is weird, yeah. because I was never brought up with a religion or anything, but no. I think someone told me that the devil is, like, hanging over a shoulder, oh. and I just thought that might be fun. Um, so it's essentially around about how much of a prized possession salt is. Okay. Because it is, if you think about it, um, especially before we had fridges and things like that. Why, if you think it's a prized possession, why are you flinging it over your shoulders? It's a kind of... I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so let's I do on. it. I do it when I've got you know got too much salt out, and instead of putting it back in the packet because I use rock salt, I just you know. Why? Why would you not put it back in the packet? Because I'm lazy, Sarah. <laughs> I've said it. I've grown up, and I live in my own house. I don't want to fling salt around. I'm going to fling salt around. Oh, you can clean it up. <laughs> um, so the next one is knock on wood to prevent disappointment. Now, you like this one, don't this you? This is what I was saying about. Yeah. So, for example, I would say, oh, I'm going to do this next Saturday, touch wood, and then have to stop it, Sean. <laughs> Carry on. Um, so it's not clear where this one comes from. It could be related to the ancient religious rite of touching a crucifix and taking no. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered what I heard what you said. You said you like to knock on wood to save disappointment. <laughs> Sorry, I have really immature comedy uh, feelings. Oh. <laughs> Tell me about your wood knocking, Sarah. So it could be related to the ancient religious rite of touching a crucifix and taking no. Yeah. Or it could be related to knocking loudly to keep out evil spirits. Okay. Either way, if I don't touch, touch wood. wood. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that there. <laughs> You're actually crying, are you? <laughs> oh, I'm so immature. I'm so sorry. 
Carol. So let's move on to another superstition. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't involve any wood. Okay, excellent. Um, so always say God bless after a sneeze. Okay. Do you do that? Say bless you. No. So it makes me think of, you know, the film Dogma? Yes. When they go to the headquarters of movies, the Golden Cow, and there's like uh, the two angels. Yeah. And they've got the boardroom and they've, um, they say that movies is the most evil corporation. Yes. And they go around and they kill all the people. For, yes, like, they all their do. Sins. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the end. And there's just a woman that's left and she's all scared. He, like, Loki's doing this big, huge speech. Um, and then says, but you, you didn't say God bless you when I sneezed. And, like, pretends he's going to kill her, but it doesn't. That's what that makes me think of. But apparently, that came from the 6th century. Pope Gregory the Great. Awesome name. Nice. Do you think he was born with that name? I would like to think so. Gregory, first name. Great, second name. <laughs> he ordered it as a terrible pestilence spreading spreading through Italy. Okay, a bit like now. Yeah. So the first symptom was severe chronic sneezing, and this was often quickly followed by death. And I kind of got to thinking about the COVID thing. Yeah, like, maybe Boris will try this, so we can, like, survive COVID if, you know... Wash your hands. Or, or eat you know, out to help out. Eat out to help out, yeah. <laughs> and the next is hang a horseshoe on your door. I'm glad you did this one. Luck. Yeah, so I know, like, with horseshoes, you have to have it the right way around, otherwise the luck falls Dri- out. It dribbles out, doesn't it? It does, yeah. So, um, this comes from the ancient Greeks, who thought that the element iron could ward off evil, and it's also shaped like a crescent moon, which in the 4th century was a symbol of fertility and good fortune. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, but beliefs were passed down through the ages, and in Britain, in the Middle Ages, when the fear of witchcraft... Yeah. Um, was rampant people put horseshoes on their doors because they thought that witches were scared of horses really? But, yeah we're not by the way <laughs> the next one is a black cat crossing your path is either lucky or unlucky yes if it goes left or right or right to left oh well, this is different okay. like, I, I genuinely um, I've never really known witches which yeah but ancient egyptians who love their cats they did they did they had the belief that if a black cat crossed your path it's good luck cool in the middle ages though it was thought to be bad luck because um, black cats were thought to be the familiars of witches they did often think they were witches familiars didn't they yeah or even witches themselves in disguise people really were far too scared of witches it feels that in the middle ages there wasn't enough going on and people yeah, the witches read women yes I know mm-hmm. yeah um, so my last one off this article was the number 13 is a excellent that's, that's actually a phobia yes Triska oh, you try and say it then I'll read it Triskaidekaphobia you say it right I'm terrified of the number 13 I'm not really <laughs> I just enjoy a good phobia <laughs> Would you love, though, if you lived at number 13? Would you buy a house that was number 13? Yes. Yeah, me too. The only thing I was thinking I'd about... probably celebrate it by putting oh. a really big number 13 on yeah. my door. The only thing I thought about was, like, maybe it'd be hard to sell or something, because I've seen, like, places where people have made up the number of their house because they don't want to be number 13. Right. Well, I know I've been uh, in a hotel that didn't have a 13th floor, but it did have a, a floors above, you know, 14. But they just don't put number floor 13. Oh. They just skip that out because of people's fear. People are really scared of it, aren't they? Yeah. But apparently it originates from Norse mythology. So oh, I like a bit of Norse mythology. Me too. So 12 gods were invited to dine at Valhalla in the City of the Gods. And then Loki, the king, the god of strife and evil... And the, mischief. And mischief. Crashed the party 
Of course he did. It's Loki. Making it 13. And the other gods try to kick him out, but he's having none of it. No, he's, he's in for the long haul. In it. And then, like, this massive brawl yeah. kind of kicked off. And the god's favourite, Boulder, he ended up getting killed. Oh, no. So now, you know, you can't apply it as a 13. No, or six. More or, than six. No, yeah, more than six. Unless you're where we are and we're in a local lockdown and you just can't apply. No, unless you go grouse hunting. True. If you go hunting, then, you know, the you more than 13. <laughs> have you got any more? That is that. Um, but I believe we have read the same article. We have. And I just want to add a couple. So we have the Good Housekeeping. Good Housekeeping guides to superstitions uh, or superstitions around the world. Go, Sean. I'm going to go with Russia. Never say happy birthday too early. Celebrating or even congratulating someone on their birth, uh, on their birth before the day brings bad luck yeah i don't believe in that and actually but you're not russian i quite like having a birthday week these yeah days, i like a birthday you week know, spread it out a bit so i like this one from lithuania oh yeah whistling indoors invites evil yes it does it does if you whistle near me i will become all evil nice. on your ass. um so the lithuanians believe that this is this someone's demons it does or at least riles up sarah's inner demons in it uh, mexico don't place two mirrors opposite each other because the um infinite reflections may open a doorway for the devil so i got one from germany that i think might be on your list yep. too don't cheers with water yes don't cheers with water. Why would you do that? So this is, let me just explain okay. why. One, because it's water and not wine. Sure, or beer. Or beer. But it's because if you cheers the water, you're actually wishing death on the people you're drinking with. Um, I've got a good one from Argentina. Yeah. Uh, don't look away when you cheers. You have to give each other eye contact when you cheers. Otherwise, it's seven years bad sex. <sighs> no one wants that. Um, I got one from France. Oh, yeah. Stepping in dog shit. It's good luck in France if you step in dog poo, if you do it with your left foot. Right, okay. Not entirely sure why. No. For me once, on holiday with my family in France, I stepped in dog poo and it wasn't very good luck because I got in a lot of trouble because my dad had said, don't step in that dog. And just as he said, oh, poo, I'd stepped in it. Uh, and I had these really chunky uh, 90s yeah. shoes on with, like, big fat grips on them. He was pretty cross. He had to then get a stick and pick dog poo. <laughs> I've got one from Japan. Mm-hmm. Never leave your chopsticks straight up because the utensils look like the unlucky number four, which means mm. death. Also, um, it looks like incense sticks used at a funeral. Oh, and some top tip here. Don't point your chopsticks at anyone because that's rude. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so from Iceland, knitting outside can prolong winter. Oh, uh, yeah, I bet that does happen. Yeah, just keep your knitting inside, please. I've got a good one from Britain. Mm-hmm. Keep your shoes off the table. <laughs> It's considered bad luck because it's supposed to symbolise the death of a loved one. Back in the day, placing someone's shoes on the kitchen table was a way to show their family that that person had died. Oh so instead of being like, you know, Sarah, I've got some bad news, you know, Clive, you know, Clive. The fly that's going my way. Clive the fly, well, um, these are his shoes. Just putting them on the table and then you don't have to, just tiny, <laughs> tiny fly shoes. And then, and then I wouldn't have to say, Sarah, Clive died, died in your wine. I'd rather, though, I would rather you actually said it. Don't yeah. give me the imagery, just no, tell me. just tell you that Clive didn't mm-hmm. make it. Please. Don't put your shoes on the table because there is a fucking pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> just keep your shoes. Keep your shoes off the table. Yeah, keep them off the table, guys. In it. 
Um, so I have one from Syria. So it's don't play with yo-yos. Okay. <laughs> so Syria apparently banned yo-yos in 1933 over fears that what? they would cause a drought. Oh my god. I don't know the context. <laughs> That's insane. Give me another one, Shad. So in Victorian England, the superstition goes that you should never bring in snowdrops, never bring snowdrops into the house, for it will bring ill fortune. And some versions of the tale say even death. Others say um, that if you do bring them in, your milk and your eggs will turn sour. But it reminded me of a story that I got told uh, in in Wales when I was growing up. And the story was that if you're if you were a young Welsh woman and you were betrothed to a man that you didn't want to marry, what you could do was you could pick the first snowdrops of the season right. and you could present them to your betrothed and that would be a symbol that you wanted him to die. Oh, wow. So it's really str- sending a strong message that the marriage isn't going to be a happy one. Just a bit of a strong message. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, got to marry you, but I hope you die. Um, so if that happens, if anyone brings these snowdrops, first ones of the season, maybe read that as a little bit of a red flag. Wow. Just be like, right, okay, well, I think this relationship has run its course. <laughs> so I've just got a few more. I've got, don't walk backwards. In Portugal, it's bad luck um, to walk backwards because you're showing the devil which way you're going. And this one's even more complicated to do, so this requires a lot of thinking, really, in my opinion. Don't enter a room with your left foot. <laughs> just got images of, like, someone opening the door and just, just like, sliding their left foot in. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this is over in Spain because it'll bring you bad luck. Sure, it's all about the left. People don't like the lefties. No, I don't know why. Left, I imagine being a a lefty woman. Yeah, um, I got one that I thought (laughs) you'd like because it's about me. Um, Listen for the awkward silences. I'm pretty good at the silences. Yeah, yeah, you're good at silences. Apparently it's because an angel is passing over. Oh my God, Sarah, you're like an angel highway. (laughs) (laughs) And then I've just got two more that I really liked. Um, So these are both from Turkey. Good call. Because it's the equivalent of chewing on the flesh of the dead. <laughs> Pretty gross call. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want me to chew gum, then you know. You just say, can you spit your gum out? Don't be like, it's like you're chewing on dead corpses. <laughs> that sounds like something that someone's mum has said, doesn't it? And then it's just spread. It really is. It's viral. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my last one is, don't jump over a child. Um, Good call. Because they will be cursed to be short forever. Oh, man. Who jumped over us? I know, right? <laughs> Come on, mums. Tell us. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I enjoyed them. Good. Me too. So, um, I found a story that I wanted to share with you um, about superstitions, or possibly superstitions. And it's about the uh, superstition of witchcraft. Okay. It has got a survivor in it. Good. Which is always good. This is the story of Janet horn she died in 1727 she was a scottish woman accused of witchcraft and the last person to be executed legally for witchcraft in the british isles you said she survived there is a survivor in the story but she doesn't survive janet horn and her daughter were arrested in uh, don noch what are you trying to Dornoch. I don't know, I'm not Scottish. They were arrested in Dornoch in a Sutherland and imprisoned. 
Her neighbours accused her of and her daughter of being witches. So Janet had signs of what was probably dementia, and her daughter uh, had a deformity on her hands and feet. The neighbours accused Janet of having used her daughter as a pony to ride to the devil where she was then shot. Clearly. Uh, which kind of makes me think that the neighbours might be a bit more, you know, of a crackpot than these ladies were. It's or super little, high. It's a little far-fetched. Isn't it? Like, that's a weird thing to tell someone. Uh-huh. I'd just be like, I think uh, you're the person who needs investigating. So the trial was conducted very quickly. She and, she and her daughter were judged guilty and sentenced to be burned at the stake. That's fucking awful. Yeah. Fortunately, her daughter managed to escape, and I hope this gave some comfort to Janet, um, because the next part is really awful. Janet's fate was so cruel, she was stripped, smeared with tar, paraded through the town, and finally burnt alive. Nine years following her death, a law was um, passed to make the prosecution of witchcraft uh, to be the same as prosecuting a vagrant, so like a lesser sentence. And you couldn't burn people at a stake. Probably still awful, but how how could you do that to another person? Just back in the day, like we were really awful to as to each other. I mean, we're still pretty awful now, but women were so dangerous that you had to call them witches and get them burned at the stake. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Janet Horn. I'm glad that her daughter escaped. Yeah, I'm glad her daughter was a survivor. Yeah. So I have a story for you too. So my story is about Cleona who was queen of the banshees and goddess of love and beauty. Oh, that's nice. Queen Um, of the banshees. She was the goddess of love and beauty and she's surrounded by three birds whose fabulous sons could cure all ills. Those who heard the songs were lulled into a deep sleep and when they awoke, they found that their sickness had been cured. She was a fabulous beauty and she was famed to be the most beautiful woman in the world. Even though she was the queen of the banshees. So other tales of Cleona are not quite so benign. She's said to have lured sailors to the seashore where they would drown. <gasps> nice. But she didn't care. Well, no. Just doing her job, isn't she? However, um... Like a siren. But uh, However, one such mortal was to cause her downfall and she left the land of the promise near the world to be with her mortal lover. It's, always, it's always the case, Sarah. Mm, it was an amazing sacrifice for a goddess from near the world to remain in the mortal realm, but that is what she chose. It must have been lovely. Yeah, so the reason that I am talking about Cleona is I am going to be talking to you about the famous Blarney Stone. Okay, nice. So while building his castle in court, Cormac McCarthy became involved in legal difficulties and appealed to Cleona for help. In a dream, she instructed him to kiss the first stone he found the following morning, and if he did so, his problems would be resolved. Excellent. McCarthy did as instructed, and when he argued his cause in the courts, the courts found that he was possessed of such eloquence and convincing language that he easily won his case. Good work. He honoured Cleona by having the Stonia kiss set into a wall where today it is visited and kissed by countless thousands of visitors from all parts of the world. The legend of Bellani was enhanced even more when Queen Elizabeth I found that she could not successfully persuade Cormac McCarthy to surrender his castle to her. Such was his delaying tactics and now superior negotiating skills and turn of phrase that the frustrated monarch of England described his communications as Bellani as what he says he does not mean. And so it is that Cleona is well remembered in 
Northern Ireland. Her palace is near Mallow and Cork at a place that is still called Caraclina, meaning Cleona's Rock. Aww. And every time a massive thunderous wave breaks on the seashore, her memory rises from the history of Ireland, echoing from the mythic era that, although now at an end, is never forgotten. Aww. So I do have a survivor story. Okay. So my survivor story is about a US tourist who finally kisses the Blarney Stone after suffering heart attack on a previous visit. Oh no! David Mott, 59, from North Carolina, went into cardiac arrest when he visited the attraction last April with his wife Joy. Due to the layout of County Cork Castle with its circular stone stairwells, Mr. Mott was airlifted from the top of the structure to Cork University Hospital. Speaking today, the tourist told Cork's 96FM he returned to Ireland to thank the people who saved his life. He said, we came back because of the tremendous people in Ireland who basically saved my life and took care of Joy, his wife, well, this accident happened, he said. So Mr. Mott, who has no memory of his previous visit when he had the heart attack. Of back, course, yeah. He doesn't remember it. Um, he finally got to kiss the iconic stone. Aww, that's yeah. so nice. That's cool, isn't it? Um, but I was reading, because it's... I've never been. But it seems to be really awkward. You've got to lean right back, as far yeah. as I understand. And there's all, like, safety measures in place. Well, that's good. But people have died. Right. Trying to kiss the bloody stone. And, yeah, I don't know if it's worth it. But I also got to thinking, like, the whole kissing the stone. and COVID, In a pandemic. Well, apparently, the bloody stone has opened up again. Yeah, well, there we go. You can go and kiss it, even with COVID-19. Do they just give it a bit of a spritz with an alcohol gel afterwards? To be honest with you, I think it might kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so they're using a World Health Organization-approved cleanser, which supposedly kills 99.9% of germs. So they're using the spray between visitors with at least one minute between each kiss so that disinfectant can dry. <laughs> so adding to this, the person holding someone, so there has to be somebody holding yeah, yeah. to kiss the stone, right? They'll be required to wear a protective face mask as well as protective gloves, which will then be changed and cleaned retrospectively after each person. <gasps> it sounds like such a ball <laughs> And there's a hand sanitizer station situated next to the stone for anyone who feels the need to double down with that precaution and for anyone who may want to clean their hands after touching the bars. Wow. Yeah, so um, go kiss the Blarney Stone, get the gift of the gab and maybe COVID. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've uh, made a couple of notes of some top tips. Excellent. Um, and like some of them that you, you, we haven't talked about, I thought I'd whack them in there anyway. Top tips on surviving superstition. Getting pooed on by a bird. <laughs> so there is a so superstition if you get pooed on by a bird, it's lucky. Okay. I'd like to interject with saying if you get crapped on, you know, it's pretty shit. So yes, <laughs> try and look on the positive. I remember being on a holiday as a child and a seagull dropped like a massive bread thing on yeah. my dad and at first he thought, oh my god, I've been shat on. But it's just like it drops a massive thing on <laughs> I'm glad your dad didn't get shat on. So top tip number two, breaking a mirror. Try and keep in mind that you're not an ancient Roman because um, apparently from what I read, this is where the superstition comes from. I can't remember what you said. I did talk to you all about that. No, I was listening, but I've forgotten. You clearly weren't. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my top tip is keep calm and clean it up carefully. Number three, if you see a magpie, uh, you can count them because that can be fun. 
Mm-hmm. But don't worry too much. You're probably not going to die. It probably won't do you any harm to bob your head in it because we should remember to respect nature. But have you seen people that have this whole ritual when they see a magpie? Yeah, they're they like, like, turn around. Turn around, stuff, hop yeah. three times, bob yeah. their head. Yeah. Maybe don't do all that, but you know. <laughs> doesn't harm to you know just remember how great nature is so i'd like to refer to your opening of the umbrella Mm -hmm. all i want to say is yeah just don't get inside because you don't want to get rain everywhere or knock stuff over or open it in someone else's face but if you do want to open it inside so you can dry it that's fine fine. don't freak out guys and finally number five i cannot advise anyone walking under a ladder Mm -mm. i don't think you're gonna upset any gods but you might you might get hurt so avoid walking under ladders because it's just good health and safety thank you no problem i hope that helped um and now we've got our survivor of the week yes so this week i found a story on the upi.com it's written by a guy called ben hooper which i think is a wonderful name and the title is police free man from handcuffs after girlfriend lost the key (laughs) september 18th Police in Britain respond to an early morning call from a man who became trapped in a pair of handcuffs and apparently in a, in apparent case of romance gone awry. The Greater Manchester Police Station in Rochdale said... <laughs> Local. <laughs> officers responded to a home at 4.30am on Friday to help a couple having a difficult time with a pair of handcuffs. A male phoned requesting help as his girlfriend had locked him in some handcuffs and they could now not find the key. The department's Twitter said, feared the fire brigade would cut them and they were quite expensive. (laughs) Police said the man was released from the cuffs, but did not say whether the expensive restraints were damaged in the rescue. So there we have a nice little local hometown survival story. (laughs) From, From lovely Rochdale. And I hope the couple had a great time afterwards. So that just leaves us with one thing to say, doesn't it, Sarah? It does. Go on, Chad. So don't worry if you get pooped on. Just brush it off. And keep on surviving.